Hi, and welcome to the 32nd uh, installment of Keen Minds. I am Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa from Criminally Sane in Tumblr. And we are covering uh, this week's episode of NBC's The Blacklist, Philomena. 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 Sorry. Philomena. Yes. It was an outstanding episode. Did you like it? I did. I, I mean, it was very much a setup episode, but mm-hmm. it was, it's, as the roomie said one time, if you're going to have a filler episode, that's the way to do it. <laughs> and it wasn't a filler, it was a setup, but you know, it's, that's, that's the gist of it is, you know, you've, you've got to have those to get to, you know, from point A to point B episodes, but they still need to be interesting. They still need to fascinate and move forward. And this one did. And so that's. That's always a good thing. And it introduced uh, some new characters going forward and some new interesting storylines being set up. Yes, I am very excited to go into those. We knew that Russell was going to get a big story, and I am happy to say. But I think uh, as you had it, better start by our now unfavorite uh, couple because they're having it very tough, if they're ever going to be a couple, Samara and Aram. Yeah, what I, was I, that no, about? I have, I have shipped Saram from season two, and I'm having trouble shipping them right now. <laughs> like, I never got off my Kean Squared ship, even through their rougher moments. I had, and I, I think they can fix this. I these writers are good; they can fix this. I'm just kind of at this point, and I've seen this a lot on Tumblr. Of this, can we just stop now, please? <laughs> it's I've been really frustrated with them. I. I guess my biggest issue is how petty it's coming across. Um, mm. that, that's really been my my biggest problem with it. Cause, and, and I feel like I'm going to get yelled at again. <laughs> as soon as this comes up, I'll have people in my inbox. Why did you say that about Samar? I, I just... Her whole spiel with a rum and, you know turning down this grant that she apparently wanted for years because she felt like it was a manipulation from him. And it, I don't doubt, I'm not negating the fact that, yeah, he probably did volunteer her for that. But I don't think it was... I didn't think he wanted to get her out of the way. Because I think that had she got that, it meant that she was grooming for public policy. So probably that would have got her out of the way. I don't think Aram's that sneaky, honestly. (laughs) Most people are in this show. Aram, I don't don't see him being quite that manipulative. I honestly see He's learning, though. He's uh, Mm, evolving rapidly. Well, I mean, I honestly saw it as my friend is hurting. I don't want my friend hurting. What can I do to make her feel better? This is something she's always wanted. And and so like I don't I don't think it was the best way for it to have happened for her. I mean, that's true, but I also think it was a bit of an overreaction for her to turn down something she'd always loved. I mean, like if it came out that they were only doing it to fill a quota for a woman or for a Muslim or for, you know, a woman of color or something like, like, I could understand turning it down at that point. I mean, that would be totally valid. I, I could totally get behind her on that. But she got in on her merits. Well, she was also- just volunteered. Or she, she, she was volunteered. By, and who says Aram hasn't been putting her name in the, in the pocket? Yeah. It's, every year. Uh- 
I have a very different view of, of our, Samar and Aram than you. It's funny because with this episode, which is a setup episode, um, I think we're having, for what we've been talking before the podcast, we've had vastly different opinions on a lot of things, and this is one. I, I actually understood Samar, um, not... Not like, yeah, well, she was right in doing this, but I understood where she was coming from, from an emotional perspective. I think Samar has fought very hard to be what she is in the idea that that Aram was was doing this to somehow manipulate her or, or get rid of her, because I have a feeling that had she been accepted that means being groomed for public policy maybe that would have meant for her to get out of the task force um there it, it it was it felt that when the guy said that sang his praises i saw where she was coming from it's you know she wanted to be there by her own merits and the idea then she's there because saram because uh, aram um nominated her is insulted i, I get I mean, it I, see it i can but like like i said i i feel like there are so many possibilities there and like i've i've said multiple times emotions don't always make sense and i think that's really what i need to fall back on when i'm looking at this and i'm having trouble doing it which is not the the character or the writing's problem that's that's me looking at it and my my lens that i'm looking at it through but um you know i I, I'm just having trouble with it because it, it comes across very petty to me. And I think, like you just said, it's it's a very emotional situation. I just need to kind of try to shift my <laughs> – mm. I need to try to shift my my uh, vantage point there to, to understand where she's coming from. And hopefully mm. I can do that by next episode. <laughs> did you did you also find intriguing Aram's relationship with, with Red in there? It was a very ballsy mood that he made when he asked red if he if it was true that he shot kate because she was trying to help uh, liz well i thought it was very wrong i mean mm -hmm. I, it kind of reminded me of season two yeah when um when they're looking for tom when he's in dresden and they walk mm -hmm. in and 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 uh, Red's explaining that Liz kept him on a boat and you know tortured mm -hmm. him for four months yada 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 and Aram goes please tell me you're joking like I think that these these acts of such violence and darkness are just foreign to him and he's like did you really do that you know <laughs> is is this for real <laughs> you know I think he has a hard time wrapping his mind around it. It could be, but. Yeah, I mean it's because he's he was so it, it is it is a, an excellent way to me that I, I admire the writers for doing it the way they had last episode he was the one helping them be against all against everybody following what his conscience was telling him was the right thing to do because Denver was trying to help Red find uh who had been uh, against him and in this episode is against he's asking red to clarify the reasons he shot uh mr kaplan well i mean that's that's a bit like wrestler when he let liz go in season season two and he let her go because he thought it was the right thing to do to give her the benefit of the doubt and let her out of the post office when the cabal was after her 
And then he regretted it later when she shot the, the AG. Mm. You know, he felt personally responsible for that. You know, Aram was doing what he thought was right in helping yeah. Red and trying to protect Red. And then suddenly this new piece of information comes to light. And he's like, <clears throat> you know, just total shock. I, I don't know that, that, that Aram would have would have actually felt that that was a, the wrong thing to do, but I think it was a wrong motivation for it. Yeah. I don't think that he expects Red to act any different, but the motivation surprised him. Yeah. And so, and it's also his loyalty is going to. I mean, he knows Liz. He knows Tom. He knows Agnes. He's one of Agnes's godfathers, and. This woman was trying to help. Even if Aram wasn't behind Liz, mm -hmm. you know, faking her death. I mean, he was very this, torn this, by it. Yeah, this this woman still was trying to help Liz. Her motives were good, and she got shot in the face for it. Uh, see, that's where we starting to diverge right there because I used to hold that opinion. Well, I'm, very, I'm saying from a Rom's point of view. Yeah, from a Rom perspective, I think that that there is there is something that is changing in the way a lot of these characters are seeing each other. Not just the way they're seeing Kate, mm -hmm. the way they're seeing Red, the way they're seeing uh, Liz, and everything is changing. Like Aram in Samar, they're changing the way they're seeing one another. In seeing aspects of themselves that they haven't really tackled before. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I do. I, I think that it's kind of like all the bodies coming up and having to face this. You're facing facing everything that's happened. They're having to face these truths about themselves and about... And Liz made the comment, she goes, it's always hard finding out new truths about yourselves. Yeah. And yeah. that's... Everybody's dealing with it right now. It's not, it's not just Tom, it's not just Liz, it's not just Red not just Kate, everybody on this team in this show is finding out truths about themselves, about other people, and the audience is getting new truths about them. Yeah, I think that's what they're going to write in the in, in places, in strange places for us to find not, nothing is as it seems. Nah. <laughs> that, was, that was so funny, because apparently Z over on Twitter yeah. made the comment, and I, I missed that, but I... I don't follow a lot of Twitter most of the mm -hmm. time, but um, I I thought I saw it in the episode when it aired, and I was like, don't they use stock fo stock footage for that? Like, it makes sense that they do. And then they I probably photoshopped it. Uh, no, I think it was part of the stock. I don't know. I don't know, but it was there, and so it was it was odd. I don't I don't know if it was just there and it worked out for them or what, but it was interesting. It it was an interesting bit that went flashing by my screen that night. Yeah, very, very, I love those little things that you don't know what they are until you see the whole thing. Um, you want to talk about Liz next, or you want to talk about Wrestler and Gale? Um, I actually want to leave Wrestler and Gale towards the end, because I have a lot of love for Gale, and that may take oh, a few boy. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this could change very quickly, but... <laughs> As yeah. of right now, I have a lot see, of love I told for you guys, it's just going to be one in which uh, Jen and I are not going to see the same. And that's okay. Yeah, yeah we've had some of those. Hey, um, hey. All right, can let's agree. go with Liz. We can agree without sending each other nasty and on, or disagree without sending each other nasty and on. <laughs> wow. What a rare thing, huh? I know. <laughs> Crazy. Um, so. Liz. Yes. 
So I loved Liz in this episode. I mean, I, I just, Liz has done so much growing over the course of these four seasons that it's just been beautiful. And one of my very favorite things from this episode was that conversation in which um, there were two two bits from it, two different things I took from it. The conversation she and Red had in the car driving up to her apartment complex. And also, by the way... She would have... She saved Red's life. Say what? She saved Red's life oh, by not allowing him to yeah. come in. She did. Um, inadvertently, but she did. Um, no, but something interesting... I. We haven't seen a lot outside their their apartment, but it kind of looks like a sketchy neighborhood with all the graffiti and stuff. So it, it, yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. It looks it well. It looks like a nice apartment building. It does. Like the inside's gorgeous, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, um, but that that was not one of my points. Uh, industrial was, chic. So uh, industrial industrial chic. chic. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the two points I had on that was. The first one, Red's just making small talk. How's Tom? Well, he's having a hard time with it. And she she makes a very pointed statement to him. She says that finding out things about your past is never easy. Or finding out truths about your past is never easy. And, you know, at, at first glance, I was like, oh, well, this was just a way to let the audience that did not watch Redemption know, hey, Tom's over there. He's searching for his past. He's not gone. But we have not forgotten Tom Keene. It's fine. But when she walks into her apartment and her husband's not there with the kid, this is why. Oh, I thought it was more than that. I think that well, she knew. She first... knows she's her father well, that's, or has that's a very, was... very good uh, idea by now. And I think that it was just uh, him, you know, telling him, this is being hard for me. And that that's what I was getting around to. That, that you know, that I think that that was a double layer there that the writers did an excellent job with using it for two points one a a brief you know hey by the way here's here's where tom is and two i i think liz knows and how could she how could she not at least suspect at this point because she finds out that red was sleeping with her mother and that her the man that was supposed to be her father is not her biological father you gotta at least question that, regardless of what Red's told you, because Red also told her at the beginning, you know, everything about me is a lie, you know? <laughs> and so, why would she not at least question that? And the second thing that I really enjoyed, and apparently offended somebody over on Tumblr, well, um, <laughs> I, I started calling it Liz's moral line in the sand. Um, because she, she does this where she gives sort of an ultimatum saying, this is a moral line that I'm not willing to cross, you know, either like she did with Tom in season two, you have to be honest with me. If you're going to lie to me, I'm not going to be anywhere around you and I'm going to walk away. Mm -hmm. And she did that with Red here today or here on this episode where she said, you've got to tell me, I, I'm willing to help you take her down. I'm willing to help you put her in jail, what have you. But you cannot hurt her. That she draws that line in the sand and yeah. says, you know, unless you are willing to put me first and say and not harm Kate Kaplan, you cannot come see my child. I am and not that putting that around her? my child. 
and that is before or maybe not before she know when all it is because she, it, that is before she knows who Kate was to her exactly um but then we had that scene with Liz oh listen Kate yeah it's Kate was interesting there I, I, before we go into Kate, what I found very interesting that Red is willing not to lie to tell her the truth, even if he means that he doesn't get to see Agnes. I think Red tries to be as honest as he can with Liz. I when he says he doesn't lie to Liz, I don't. I think that's that's hedging towards a very careful line with him. But I think that he, if he can. He is as honest as he can be with Liz, if that makes sense. I think that is his wish and his intention. He just feels like he can't share everything with her. Exactly. Which is a huge issue with, with them. Mm. Um, but well, Red plays it closer to the vest. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the reason he wears a vest, so he can <laughs> wear things close to it. Exactly. But it's a, it's, a, it's a secrecy, need of secrecy versus need for truth that Liz has because so much of her past has been hidden from her, I think that's what that stems that love of truth. Because certainly from it wasn't from her Christian father. No. No. I, I think it's because her life's been so turned upside down that she needs to know what's real. If mm-hmm. she if she questions it, she's not gonna put up with it. And right now I think she's questioning red being her father and that's hurting enough already and then if he's sitting there and doing this she needs him to choose her over his business over his own feelings of betrayal he she needs him to choose her feelings over his Uh, also let us examine for for a little bit if Liz knows or have a strong suspicion that Red is indeed her father. I think this is an issue of abandonment. The one of the things that that is that to me is more interesting about what's going on with Liz and Red is the fact that when when Liz first meets Red, I mean, come on, this is a woman who has been told that she was abandoned by a career criminal father and who then sees this career criminal coming and talking to her only. They got to be a part of her wondering, am I his daughter? Is that my father? Is that monster that I've studied my father? And... She's made him feel already what she feels about the abandonment. She told him in, in I think it was is one one. You have no, you lost your right to talk about parenthood when you abandon your wife and child on Christmas Eve. I think that is when he's talking about is a baby really what you want. That's what he tells him. Um, the other thing is when she says, when they find, um, he, when she thinks he's looking for Jennifer and says, you, you, you don't, you lost the right to, to, you can't, you don't have a right to look for your daughter, uh, because the day, the night you abandoned her, you lost that right. So the Lisa made very, very interesting elements of abandonment and how she feels about a father abandoning a child. So even if she thinks that that Red might be her father, or she knows Red is 
her father because Liz is good at keeping secrets. It's, she's not. She's not a. Uh, you know, the, the, she's not a boy scout or a girl scout. She definitely can keep her own secrets quite well for a long time. So if she knows or if she suspects, the idea that Red has chosen not to tell her the truth when Red knows how important the truth is to her, gotta hurt. And I think she's giving him a dose of his own medicine by keeping things she knows or suspects. And the fact that she's leveraging Agnes against that pretty much speaks for that. Because for a perfect stranger or somebody who's being, who has dubious relationship to you, that would not be that much. I mean, what is he to her? Nothing. But if he's your father and that's his granddaughter, that is definitely a power play. I think it's a comment that you made on Tumblr the other day about that she's basically taking the advice that Red gave to Tom about not telling Scotty. She's doing mm -hmm. that to him. Mm -hmm. And, so and I, I think totally it's smart. Oh, yeah. It's smart. I mean, she tried asking. She oh. tried asking a couple of times. Obviously not believing his answers because otherwise she wouldn't keep ask, asking the same questions over and over. And in this world, information is power. Mm -hmm. And so holding that close, she's got something to work with. Exactly. Exactly. So our list is, is learning a lot of things. And... um. I have a strong suspicion that Liz knows that when that, you know, that, that scene where she's in the room, Rostov wakes up and she's in the room and she's, you know, her face is, there is all sorts of emotions going through her. And she seems so shocked and, and bothered by she not being Rostov's daughter is because I think she knows if I'm not this guy who was sleeping with my mother, I guess I'm this other guy's who was also sleeping with that, my mother's daughter. That's been daughter. telling me that I'm not his daughter, I'm not his daughter, over and over again, which would only heighten the feeling of abandonment with her. Exactly, so, you're denying me. Yeah, and that also would make sense why when she, when, you know, all she found was his hat uh, at the place where Kirk was torturing him, why when he showed up at the safe house later, she just didn't even pause. She just walked up and hugged him. And was, mm. you know, that, that really emotional moment there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and why after that, she, you know, once she had time to kind of process everything after the emotional reaction, because I know a lot of people had some issues with the fact that after that, she kind of went back to, to freezing him out. I mean, not, not as badly as she had been, but, but, you know, she, she wouldn't let him come see Agnes. She wouldn't, you know. Very things like sense. that, yeah. Because I mean, it, it, the emotion, it, the emotional moment of realizing he's alive, he's okay, and then going, okay, he's alive, he's fine. That's dealt with, and he's still denying that I'm his daughter, and exactly. he's still basically abandoning me over and over again because he thinks that protecting me is more important than what I think is important yeah. to me. Well, it's it goes back to season two when they were talking about when he was sitting there and trying to talk about the cabal and everything happening and she's going, yes, I understand that this is important, but I need you to listen to me. You are not telling me about my mother. This is important to me. And yeah, I mean, that's that's what it comes back to. These are incredibly bleh, complicated emotions mm -hmm. that she's dealing with and struggling with. And 
I don't even know if she's got her, I mean, she probably doesn't have her normal sounding board right now because Tom's off in chaos with his, you know, with his parents. Mm. She's not going to heap that on him. So she's processing everything that's happening right now. She, she's she's doing it in her own head, well, which always is a little bit dangerous for Liz. Uh, it, it's also interesting that in that scene that you mentioned when he comes back and grabs his hat, and he seems to him grabbing his hat gives him the, that glimmer of hope. You see that expression that Spader puts on? It's like that is an act of love, and he's happy to take it. And I also found in that moment there was a very telling thing. Tom leaves the room. Yeah, he gives them a moment. And that... I think Tom's known for a while. I, I think that he doesn't have strict evidence. But honestly, when when he told her at the end of season one, your father's alive, you know, as he thought he was dying, I think he thought it was red. I think he suspected it was red. And I think he's thought for a long time, because he's asked her several times, and he's... I mean, he's made snarky comments to Red himself, you know, what I didn't ask Daddy's permission, and mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's made various comments over the time. He he straight up asked Liz at one time, you know, hey, does that make Red your dad? Yeah. And is he I, gonna walk you down the aisle? Yeah, yeah. Just all these comments. I think I, I keep joking. I said there was no bigger Daddy Gator than Tom Keen. <laughs> like, it's just this. And man, he treats him like a father-in-law. Yeah, he does, and. And he I goes think... to ask him questions. You know, when he wants him to do a job, he's like, well, I'm not going to help you do this. Oh, but that's not what I want. Okay, well, i help you. And, you know, the fact that, that Red is asking about him, it it, it seems yeah. to me they've settled into a dumb Red kind of relationship. Yeah. There, it's, you know, it's a you may not have been family. my choice, but hey. A, a begrudging father and son-in-law. They really are. And I... That's what I had always hoped for them. And so I'm very happy to see that coming about. Mm. Yeah. um, Very interesting parallels the show is drawing between um, home and redemption. And this is happening at the same time. And I think it's that's, you know, going into themes and, and people ask why I like the Kings together if I'm not a shipper. It's because their themes and symbols seem to parallel everything. And at this point, you have the same thing. And I think that as we go back, as we go forward in the storyline and we look back to where was happening, even out of their scene of out of their sphere that they knew, we will see how these themes were happening parallel to each other. Because let's talk about 2015 when Howard had already found Tom and Tom had no idea what was going on. Or 2012 when Susan was starting to get anxiety or uh, all that things that have been happening of in redemption of Howard looking for Tom and and red protecting Liz from afar. This is all this protecting a child in danger and, and protecting your family that run through the line of the show. Yeah. And I think that some, some of the things are not apparent and that's, you always have to go back 
and look at all the evidence, look at all the clues, look at all the scenes, and you're going to see things that just flew right past you because you didn't have the background to understand what you were seeing. Exactly. It's finding those pieces of the puzzle. I mean, you and I talk about very regularly, we don't have all the pieces yet, and that's why you can't, you know, what why sometimes you can't make a firm decision and why sometimes even after you've made your firm decision, your firm theory, you have to shift it later because you get this piece of the puzzle you didn't even know was missing. You know, oh, that's there? Okay. That just made it a whole lot bigger, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so exactly. it's... Very, yeah. very interesting. Very well played. I gotta give kudos to uh, to Megan Boone in that scene. It was a beautifully played scene. Oh, yeah. She's she's really come into her own in this show. And I, I saw, I don't know if it was an interview or if, if I read it or saw it. I, it's been a busy last few days. But um, she said something about the fact that she's really grown up. You know, come, that she came into the show in her late 20s and now she's in her early 30s and she has a child of her own and a fiance. And, you know, personally and professionally, that she's really grown during this show. And I think she's really grown as an actress as well. Mm-hmm. I think she she's become a. I mean, she, she was good at the beginning. Don't get me wrong. I'm not bashing for I, acting I, at all. But I, I think she's really upped her, her skill level, which you would assume yeah. she would with the people she's working with. Yeah. Also, I I always give caution to people um, because, you know, not anymore. I don't see them so much, but I used to see that a lot and people, you know, disrespecting Megan's craft. I think that until we get to the end of the show and you re- and you think of all the we you know, all the things that Liz knew or didn't know. It was going to be very hard to judge anything that has happened in the show because Nothing is as it seems. These <laughs> people, nothing. <laughs> yeah, nothing is as it seems. Fly over nothing. Everything, <laughs> everything that we've seen, they got a way of. It's like I always say, it's like the the the, the blind people, or the blindfolded people looking at an elephant. You know, if you touch the legs, you think it's one thing. If you touch the 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 trunk or the tail, you think it's a different thing. But until you see the whole animal, don't judge it good way to put it so do we want to go into kate absolutely oh my gosh okay so tessa and i have very different opinions on on basically everything on this episode (laughs) yeah you know hey it does happen and that actually makes the podcast a little more interesting i mean than just yes i agree with your amazing theory (laughs) you know you know and it could be that one of us is right, one of us is wrong, or it could be that both of us are wrong, or it could be we're both and we're right. seeing the trunk and the tail. Yeah, I mean, it's we we will find out as the episodes mm-hmm. air. But so I, tell me about Kate. Oh gosh, okay. So I I've always liked Kate. I've always been fond of Kate, just in general. Since the day she showed up, I've always been rather fond of her. She's you know she spent the first couple seasons very under the radar, but I liked her and. Last week's episode with her background really cemented that for me. I mean, I I loved her so much after that. And I'm... This episode, when she was in there with Agnes, I I definitely Mm -hmm. got the same vibe as I did off Scotty when she was with Agnes in season three when Tom walked in. And I remember discussing with people in season three, was Scotty threatening or was she not? I I still am of the opinion that Scotty was very threatening because when uh-huh. anybody that you don't know their intentions holding your child, your innocent little girl, 
it goes back to Solomon holding um, yeah, Demba's grandpa- just, granddaughter. Like, I don't think Kate was going to hurt her, but it still makes you nervous until you have that kid in your arms. I mean, she's got armed goons around her. There's so much that could happen. What would have happened if Red had walked in? Would they have had a shootout with the kid there? And where on earth is... Uh, you assume Carly, the, the babysitter, was there with her. What did she do with her? <laughs> I was, like, I'm surprised I haven't seen that ever. Where's the babysitter? Was this child just sitting there by herself? <laughs> like, you assume the babysitter was there, but how on earth did she get her to leave? <laughs> well, maybe they just put her in a closet. Yeah, you, you hear the bang, bang, bang later, and Liz is like, I'm sorry, I will pay you more. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Um, I, This is my opinion. I used to have a very similar opinion to you from Kaplan. I, I I still love her. I love the fact that she appears in her Chanel suits and her high heels, and she's carrying the chainsaw, and, you know, she's not going to be doing cutouts in plays. And she, She's She's out of the box. I love out of the box characters. Yeah. I hate it, people that you can't box in, and she's one of those. She she breaks a lot of stereotypes. I, I love her character. Um, I love the job that Susan Blomar makes with a character. I find that there was always a little piece of me saying, "Boy, this woman is a little weird." But you know what? It, she's a cleaner for red. She has to be a little weird. And no, I mean, if you really look at everybody that surrounds red, they're all oddballs. So her being a bit more oddball than the rest was like, well, you know, she's been one of the longest people in her inter- in I'm his not, interaction. I'm not sure she's more of an oddball than the rest. I think she's just a little bit different. I mean, she's she's a little quieter. She's a little more in control but i mean if you look at at brimley if you look at glenn if you look at even marvin they're all strange people oh they're bizarre and i love them for it that's red's art. and i think that's what red likes is his people who are um a little off the beaten path and and i think uh spader has commented on that in a few interviews but this i always thought that and then we got requiem last week and my view of Kate Kaplan went from, oh, she's just on a, you know, a lovable oddball with a lot of loyalty to this woman is either keeping serious secrets or there is something really wrong with her. And th- that was last episode where I thought, you know, there's some strange things with this woman from the get go. Mm-hmm. But now after this episode and seeing what she was doing with the people employing Philomena, and somebody made a timeline of what uh, she has been doing, which was even, even better. I think it was a venting blacklist, uh, a Tumblr. And she made this, this um, breakdown of what Kate has been doing. And obviously there is no way on earth that I have a, a, a vanilla view of, Mr. Kaplan anymore. I think that she was always in there looking for buying her time to do this to Red. Um, there's no way that she, instead of burying the corpse in the dirt so they will decompose faster, she shrink wrapped them, made the available ones because we never see her digging in the dirt. So those probably she left in places easily accessible to her, conveniently shrink wrapped to preserve them and basically mummify them. And left the tail 
things as to how to identify them, whether they died off and what their name were in the place, the moment, the day they died, everything documented. No way on earth that this was a woman helping Red. She was helping Red for a reason. And I, I think she sold it brilliantly. Okay, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. Um, I, I have a different approach. Um, I The documentation I see as being a little OCD on that. She comes from a, a mortician's background. And so she's used to documenting. She's used to keeping careful notes. I, I think that's a thing with her, that she just, it's something she needs to do. Um, when it comes to where she disposed of the bodies, I guess it just depends. I mean, it's, it's possible, I guess, that she's been after him since the get-go, but I, I can see a few things. One, maybe insurance, because if you cross Ray Raymond Reddington, he's a dangerous, dangerous enemy. Mm -hmm. um, it might have been a, a self-preservation insurance policy of hers. Um, and it could have also just been where they were. I mean, it, you're going to be able to dump a body in a place with better soil than, like... Like, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas, and the soil there is almost impossible because it's all on bedrock. I mean, you... Mm. you burying someone in that is impossible i mean obviously there are places you could but i mean there there are going to be places that are just more difficult to deal with that like that there are other ways to handle it of course and so i mean it it definitely could be an option i'm not negating that at all but for me coming from a character development point of view I look at the things that she did, like, in season two when they were fighting the Cabal, and the fact that she was willing to stand by him and die by his side. I think that... Okay. Go ahead. Oh, go okay. ahead. No, no, go I, ahead. I'll... I think that she... Exactly what she, she was saying this episode, and I think last episode, too, that she feels like she enabled him, and that she got in too deep, and that she did not handle her job as she originally meant to her focus was supposed to be on Liz and she let it slip and I also think the the bullet to the head has screwed with her royally you hear about people having strokes that change their entire personalities I think that she's got some serious issues going on right now because there's something going on here Kate Kaplan is the first character we've seen that has lingering issues from a, a major injury. We haven't, I mean, Tom's been shot multiple times. Red was shot in the chest. Wrestler nearly lost his leg. You don't see a limp from Wrestler. You don't see Tom having issues from being gut shot and then kept and tortured for four months. You don't see, uh, you know lingering issues with red red just got poisoned he seems fine now i mean like because they talked about healing from the damage that was done you know you would and a lot of that's just the fact that it's tv what are you going to do you can't you know you, you can't you, cripple your character exactly you you can't have tom doing all that he does if he's you know continuously you know if he's got lingering injury issues um so, I mean, a lot of that's television, and I understand that, but the fact that they've never had any of that, and then suddenly they are making a big deal over Kate's migraines makes it stand out to me. Something is going on with those migraines. 
and it's signaling something. I just don't know mm. what it is yet. If she's, um, I think Blacklister214, uh, I think it was her on Tumblr, made the comment, maybe she's dying, which is a possibility. You know, or maybe it's screwing with her memories and her brain. And, you know, she's having maybe not a personality shift, but like a perception shift, if that makes sense. Mm. Basically, she's becoming... she. Her viewpoint has changed, and she's—I'm trying to think how to describe this. I, I she's become I, focused on on the fact that she's down enabled. red. Yeah, and, and she's trying, and she thinks that she has to do this to protect Agnes because she failed Liz, and she feels what? responsible for that. Very much the same way. You take as that Liz. as face value. You believe her when she says she's trying to to save Liz. I do right now. As of, well, she didn't say she was trying to save Liz. She said that she'd already failed Liz. She said that, and she's she's I'm, either lying to Liz and manipulating her, which honestly I'm a little more inclined to believe, or her memories are really screwed up right now because she definitely saw Agnes. She said, um, uh, yes. How did she, how did she, she phrase was, it? She was, she was, she prepared the nursery. She was yeah. taking care of Agnes. Uh, she prepared uh, Tom's cape. Uh, she was in Cuba. Yeah, I mean, it's that is the most ridiculous thing that e- that I've seen. Was, even if she was referring to, you know, the day that she and she and Tom gave Red's goons the slip so that Tom could get away with Agnes, even if that's what she was referring to when she said, you know. Helping you and your family escape. It might have been that day she was referring to. She still saw Agnes and Cuba when they went after her. And so, yeah. like, there, there is still a slip up there. And that's not a writing slip up. That is there are too a many Mr. Kaplan. Yeah, that is there a Mr. Kaplan slip up. And it's either her memories are screwed up or she's playing Liz. But I could see her playing Liz if she was convinced that she had to protect Agnes. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you're seeing a lot of people protecting Liz as if Liz were still the four year old girl. Yeah, well, and I mean, we see these guys, both Kirk and Red, had when they were pictures of little Liz. When they thought they had lost, when Kirk realized he wasn't her father, when Red thought she was dead, they had baby Liz, you know, toddler Liz, four years old. That's what they're looking at. That's how they see her. That's how they remember her. And there's this woman here that's going, hello, I have a family and a life of my own. Stop talking about me like I'm not even here. You know? mm. uh, I, I see what you're saying. It would seem the most uh, common explanation. There is something about the character now that, you know, looking back, I went back and I look at some of the scenes with Kaplan and I got the same vibe. It was that weird thing that I wasn't picking up before. That I'm definitely picking up now. Um, and it may a, a be. weirdness. It may be. But I just, I, I'm still stuck on the fact that she was willing to lay down her life for Red. And that's that's always going to get me. And yeah. That's you what can, I was doing. You that's can what I was say, You can say a lot of things, but actions speak louder than words. Yes. Yet. Yet. There is one person who's in charge of what happened to Red and to give certain things to Liz. That is, um, it's Kaplan. Yeah. If something were to happen to Red, Kaplan was the one who had to take care of the things that needed to be taken care of. And that comes from the comics for those that haven't read that. 
Yes, and it. Uh, I think it is also referenced somehow in the in the story as well. Um, but in the comics, definitely that is referenced. And there is a point in the show where it does. Um, And yes, in that scene when he says there are things that need to be done in case of my death and you cannot do them if you're here. So it's a calculated risk that by making I'm going to stay and defend you because she knows that Red needs her out of there in safety in order to do the things that she needs to do. So I'm not convinced that that is what it is. I think it's a lot what it doesn't seem and I think that that's what to me if I go back to my first impressions of the show and how things have been changing there is always that there's a little something that kind of bothers you and then you go back five seasons or three seasons later and you're like oh there it is now I can put that piece in there and now this whole um, a scenario changes in front of my eyes almost like by magic. Now what it seemed to be a loving thing, it's now a threatening thing. I did get a distinct impression that Kaplan was threatening Agnes, while I never got the impression that Scotty Hargrave was threatening Agnes. See, I definitely did with Scotty. Not, not in that she would actually have heard her, but it was kind of a warning. I mean... Whenever you have someone that is questionable holding your child, it's a threat. Whether See, whether they would actually do anything or not, there's a question there. It's it's just I I could see it. I mean, I saw it in Tom's face. I saw it in Liz's face. It's that poor kid. I mean, you know, Agnes, yeah, but Agnes is always being threatened. But Kate had a good point. And it's something that I've thought about before, and I think you and I have discussed when we were talking about how they would handle her, her child care when Tom went back to work, was that what happens if one of Red's enemies, or even one of Liz's, someone out of Liz's past or Tom's past, what have you, they have a lot of enemies. She's what an happen- FBI profiler. Yeah, what happens if one of them comes to their home? How How is this child going to be protected if one of her parents isn't home? And uh, so, yeah. obviously... Kate, Kate's people were able to get rid of whatever, whoever the babysitter is. I'm assuming it's Carly because that's who we, we had noted mm-hmm. in Redemption. But that, uh, you know, I mean, she was able to do that. But mm-hmm. Kate had a very good point. What would happen if it had been someone trying to physically harm the child? You remember going back to Redemption when they say, oh, maybe we could get a nanny? Yes. <laughs> and Li- and Kaplan now is shown to be Kate's uh, to be Liz nanny. Now I wonder if we're going to be introducing the future uh, Kate into the mix because I think that those things comes in like waves. Uh, it's very interesting. I always said Liz and Tom are negating the reality of who they are. It doesn't matter if they want a a, comp- a simple life by virtue of who their parents were or are they can have it yeah those are the things that i think that the problem is red cannot tell her that because if to tell her this she has he has to to tell her what it is she has to know where he's coming from in order to make sense so one of the things that that puts kate in less of a 
vicious villain sort mm-hmm. of category for me. Because, I mean, she, she could wreak thorough havoc. And she has. She definitely has. But was the way she's handling the people she's trying to turn on Red, um, the the accountant that she's talking to, I don't remember his name. Um, she killed already two accountants, or kill one and have the other one. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's it's interesting um, because because What's she's the not difference? she's not yeah because Marvin, I mean she had him pinned i mean she she hasn't hurt these people these people seem very close to red like his inner circle mm-hmm. you know and, and but sack small she had no problem sending yeah. uh isabella stone to kill him and poor poor stratos saranto's wife who didn't even like red yeah and so you gotta wonder what either what the difference is or or is it hmm? is there a different criteria for one versus the other and is it just that she hired someone that she didn't realize was going to go that far i mean it's i don't know and and it's something kind of to hold back and look at because i mean marvin was never in he wasn't in any danger uh i mean not physical danger but oh my gosh i loved his sister (laughs) His poor sister. I loved her peeking into his apartment. Hi. <laughs> I I want to see the sister back. Because I've always liked Marvin. I've always been rather fond of him. I, I love mm-hmm. the actor. The actor's quirky as hell. And <laughs> yeah. And, he does a good job, too. Um, he does. And I just... I loved his reaction when, when Philomena took the sister at gunpoint. And he said, this is not your fault. She is a professional because it clicked with him. You saw it click with Marvin that something was off the mm-hmm. moment that Philomena said something about, yeah, that's I've what been I hearing hear. about that. Yeah. And he goes, but you just met her. And like at that moment, his phone rings and you could tell he already knew that they were screwed yeah. and he got the alert out to red as quickly as possible and was just totally chill about it because he knew this was unfolding, you know, and that fighting it wasn't going to get him and his sister out alive. The the only thing he could do to get his sister out alive was go with her and zap himself in the neck. Poor guy. <laughs> oh. In this, there is, I, I'm finding that Kate's models of Brandy, um, she, the first person she hired was Philomena. And she had Philomena four months ago. Yeah. And then she hired Isabella Stone. In order to hire Isabella Stone, she had to have already got the money to hire Isabella, unless she has been actually stealing from Red way before and Red hadn't noticed. I think she has been. I mean, because... They were talking that cost about... a lot of money. Yeah, they were talking about the fact that, that, he, that one of his accounts was emptied. I mean, that was part of the spiel, mm-hmm. is that she's been going after it. But that happened, that account was emptying, not at a time when, the, the account was emptying when Zach Small was killed. That's when the account is ending, mm-hmm. is empty. But the hiring of, of, um, Philomena happened when she just got out of the woods. But talk talk about I mean look look at all of the 
hideaways Red has. Red's talked about mm-hmm. having various hideaways all around every state. Mm-hmm. And, every, every, and all over the world. Yeah, and Dembe found that, that Kaplan had already gotten into one of them. So how many more has she gotten into that Red mm-hmm. doesn't know about because there are no alarms sounding. There's nothing. He would have to physically go there to realize this was missing. Yeah. And so she, I mean, she's been driving all over the place. She's probably gotten the cash out of there. She's been stealing from Red. He's probably more in, the, in, in no pun intended, he's probably more in the Red than he realizes. To me, this doesn't speak of, of a plan on the fly, because even as she is talking to Mountain Man, there is very little in, idea that they she's going after him. And it's possible that when... You know, while she was setting everything up, cause she had to get the money to, to set up Tom and Liz's escape. That's not a cheap mm-hmm. endeavor either. Um, it's possible that while, because Liz was gone for about a month, so she had a month in there that she knew there was a possibility that if Red found out where they'd gone to, he was going to come after her. And she may, have, she may have been starting to set up something at that point as, as mm-hmm. insurance. I I'm I'm going now into my second part of this. I think that Kate setting Liz um, fake death was not what it seemed either. I don't think it was to help Liz escape. I think he wanted, she wanted to have Red kill himself because I mean look at that after that. Uh, he goes into Cape May, has an opium. Opium alone would have, could have killed him. He was in there almost a week, a week in an opium dam. He could have kept, died there. He could have died, killed himself in Cape May, uh, because he's, he goes to 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 uh, Dom and ask a way forward because he can live long with what he feels inside. Then he snaps out of it and goes after Rostov. So what is Kate expecting? If you remember that scene with Wrestler, Wrestler tells Red, it doesn't matter if you kill him. You're never getting out of here alive. The building will be surrounded. You're not getting out of here alive. And Red says, I don't care. So that was, I think that that she was counting on that, that Red was going to kill Rostov, eliminate Rostov out of the equation, and then Red was going to be killed by uh, law enforcement. See, at, at the end of season three, I thought she meant to have Red arrested. I did. You know, to or put, killed, yeah, either way. I, I don't know killed. I'm not sure I'd go that far. I mean, obviously it'd be a possibility, but I mean, I, I think that was part of it because otherwise he, it, it was. it's not a huge jump to realize that Red would be able to follow the trail and find Especially how Tom when got you have- out. Especially when you use an associate of Red. Yes, exactly. A very old associate of exactly. Red. I was with her with you, recommitted to your wife. Exactly. Uh, Eileen. I think, I think that she meant to have him arrested and thrown in a box somewhere in a deep, dark hole. And keep him away from Liz. I, I don't know about murdering him. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. But I also... And, and part of this may just be me, that I want to have a better view of Kate. Um, because I like her. But, I mean... I don't think that was the first goal in mind, would be to have him killed. You know, but I think that she was trying... I I do think she was trying to help Liz. I do. I I don't question her on that. I think she was trying to help him and trying to get her and Agnes Mm. and anybody Liz loves 
away from all of this. Yeah. I I also have a, a, a dark feeling about all these things because there is something that has never quite gelled with me. I've never found an explanation that is satisfactory is Rostov foaming desire of having Tom killed. There was no reason for it. And it started when Solomon says, feel free to kill everybody else. Yeah. Only her. The rest can die. Then um, it's Mato who gets, you know, who gets a specific instruction. The He wants him killed. Then again on the island. And then it's, it's almost like a compulsive thing. Why would he care about the daughter of somebody who's obviously not very fond of Rhett to begin with? So the only explanation to me is that in somehow, somewhere that I'm not sure how this is all going to connect, Rostov got some information in, in exchange for that information, Tom had to die, leaving what? The new Katharina, Liz, and Kate. Now it's Liz, Agnes, and Kate. And I think that's what she always wanted. She wanted to go back to that trio, that idyllic life. Because she was blaming Red for taking everything she loved, but Red wasn't responsible for Annie, so it wasn't Annie. Yeah, I think I think she added Annie into that. I think that was a very emotional response, basically saying the domino effect. If you know, she would never have been with Annie. She would never have fallen in love with Annie if she had not been driven away from Katarina and from Liz. And so I. But it's look possible. at the, a wrestler who said a very opposite thing. It was my biggest enemy who brought. Audrey back to me and my best friend who took it away from me. So instead of going into that same parallel thing of saying, hey, you know what? Red actually did something good for me because even if it was for a couple of years, I was with Annie and I was happy with Annie. Red had nothing to do with Annie's death. So I'm almost thinking that the the real love there was Katerina. Katerina was a wrecker. I mean, this woman must have been like the most seductive person on earth because she was able to first be whatever people wanted her to be and then inspire this dying thing that even at the end of his life, is what, what Rostov says, love did it, if you can believe it. It can fester for too long. It can, it can rot. It can, all these things that is like, now you're seeing it in another person, Kate. So did Kate also was instrumental in trying to get Tom killed because there's something in this thing that I'm not, that I, it doesn't add up to me. And I am not going to say it's, it's lousy writing because oh, no. rewatches show you it will all make sense. Yeah. And I, I'm very curious to see where that one goes, uh, where, where all that goes. I'd love to know why Kirk was so hellbent on killing Tom because he really was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like foaming rage. I part of like at the time, part of me, I really think that he thought if he took everything away from Liz, basically she'd have to love him. Like if he was all she had left, he, you know, her and Agnes, or uh, Kirk and Agnes were all he she had left in the world. Basically, she Perhaps she'd end up with Stockholm syndrome. Gonna, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah like, having your husband killed and the father of your child pretty smart. much guarantees that your child is gonna say. You kill my father? Mm, no. 
I didn't was my say, father a threat to you? No. Hmm. I didn't say it was smart. I just said that I. That's kind of the impression I always got with Kurt because he was always a little, little nutty, and that that basically he was trying to get rid of Tom in order to not give her anybody else. But he he wasn't even smart for you know. Obviously, he he was a very intelligent man. Otherwise, he wouldn't have survived. He wouldn't have made the fortune. He wouldn't have done any of those things. Yet. In the moment where she would have, he would have gained this goodwill by leaps. If he had just said, "Listen, I'm gonna get your husband out. I'm gonna get you out, and I'm gonna get you protected to get the life that mm-hmm. you want," that would have gone a long way towards getting Liz in, in on the boat. Yet, the first thing he does is take the child away from Liz because remember, a lot of people say, "Oh." that she didn't make it in time. No, Liz was with the baby. There was that scene where she takes a log and she leaves Agnes. Liz was right there with the baby. He separates her from the baby and Tom. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. All right, going into red then. Oh, gosh. Oh, red. That scene with Dembe. I, yeah, I, I, I believe I've complained before. I don't remember if it's been on the podcast or just on Tumblr or what have you, but I've made the comment before that Red has a very difficult time admitting when he's wrong. He just, he doesn't do it a lot. Um, he tends to hedge around the bush there and I mean, it, a lot of that is the world he lives in. He just, he can't show weakness and I, I totally understand that, but it's, and it's hard to shift between the people that you can show weakness around and the people that you can't. And so I I get that on a on a level, but that made me love his apology to to Dembe all the more. Like he just opened up and laid all the cards out to Dembe about the fact that he misjudged him and that no apology could could rectify that and that you know he is Whenever he wants to step aside, their friendship will not suffer. Nothing will suffer from it. It's up to him. And it goes back, you've made the comment multiple times about how these people that, that work for him, how, how it seems to hurt him that they think that they can't just leave. And like, like with um, Emma. Emma, thank you. You know, just that, that look. And I, I just, I really really enjoyed that scene. As, as frustrated as I've been with Red off and on since since he shot Kate, I I really enjoyed that scene. It was very well played out between James and, and his mm-hmm. shot. It was a beautiful scene. Um, beautiful monologue. And I love that, that gift to be open then. I just love that you got me shoes. <laughs> like on <Haunting> Bay. <laughs> Precious and man. I wonder what is it, or you know, I um, figure we'll find out sooner or later. It it does make it me all wonder seems to be that the last that Red is going to die at the end, or know. you know, it's, whether it's I a keep, real death or not a real death. That seems to be pointing out to that. I keep seeing all these little signs that Red's final redemption is going to be through his death, and it, it breaks my heart because I just. I, I don't want him to Nobody's die. Nobody's really dead on the blacklist. It's true. It's Unless true. the head rolls out. 
Yeah, I was gonna say, if you chop the head off, then it's pretty, pretty good. But even if you're just in a body bag, if they're whole, then, you know. <laughs> we can make them, we can have them come back, not a problem. It's, um, the other scene that was excellent with Red was that scene with Liz in the car. Mm -hmm. That when, was great. Yeah, I mean, I think that we have to also talk about Red asking about Tom. Tom will be gone for a few weeks by now. And Tom, and Red is inquiring, and he seems surprised that he's being hard. So it makes me wonder how many other, is he in contact with Howard? I suspect he is. They seem to be in sync. You know, do not trust Scotty. She's a manipulative creature. Yeah. Um, and it's also interesting. I'm curious what his reaction was when he found out that Tom jumped into all of this. Because, I mean, he was the one going, just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Tom, leave it alone. Tom, leave it alone. And Tom's like, I'm going to do the thing. <laughs> you know? I think I think that because T Red's uh, job with Tom was to keep him away from Scotty because I suspect that when he was telling him to go find a job and find things, the plan of Howard, if you remember that wasn't, um, Howard was still in charge and hadn't been outed. The moment that Howard is outed, he probably hatched the plan. And then it was important that Tom stayed away from Scotty until Howard was ready to pull him in with a fake, faking the death and putting him in with a, with a lawyer and approaching him in a particular moment. Yeah. And that's, that's entirely possible. I, I still, to this day, do not take red at the surface of his words saying we had a brief professional relationship means nothing not about their friendship no it's i'm not saying it's a lie i'm yeah, saying that exactly. it is you can't take it at the surface mm -hmm. can't oh take, no no it's it, you gotta ask about that friendship that happened afterwards <laughs> yeah i mean there is there is uh, just because let's say that we were saying how we met one another and we say well we did a podcast together that would not be a lie it would it would also not be negating anything that happened before or what would happen after exactly. it's that moment you just choose a moment in time and i'm answer you and you make the leap that that's all it was and red is notorious for that he does it so much with liz and it <laughs> I, like it kind of bothers me with Tom that he just accepts. It. I'm like, Tom, honey, you've been in this <laughs> in this world long enough. You should be able to understand Red speak. And if you think about when all the other things, when he's talking about Kirk, he's totally different than than that. He's like, no, 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 this is not how it works. You wanted to see um, Agnes, then I help you with Kirk. And he's very, very upfront and strong. It's like, no, we're not going to dance. You're not going to give me the little things that you do. I'm not doing that. But it, when it comes to that emotional sphere, that's it. then things get modeled because it's something that it talks at you emotionally, then you can't be. And that is exactly it. When it comes to something that's super close to Tom, he has suddenly all of his spycraft comes into question and yeah, he's the same a, as liz he, yeah he's a fantastic spy but you throw those deep personal emotions in there and it muddled muddled is a great way to put it yes and and, and look at and look at what happens even to red when it comes to katarina red is not immune to that in fact 
he had a very interesting take when we saw Dr. Linus Creel 204. He says, let's asking, you know, where is where is Carla? And he has, of course, he's he's evading, but he does something really interesting. He says, I can't tell you, I never been good at reading that woman's emotions. So again, there you have another person who's not able to read somebody's emotions because he's too close to them. There's an emotional component in there and he cannot read her. So it's not just Tom, it's not just Liz. Red does it. I suspect Katerina was exactly the same thing if they're not one of the same. Uh, because he couldn't read her, because he didn't trust her, because he took Liz from her. Something was not connecting emotionally. He couldn't read her. And that makes sense for people people like them, <laughs> you know, as mm-hmm. Red puts it. It really does. The, the, and it's the same way Scotty didn't see the signs of Tom being her son because she's too close to the situation. You know, it, once, once it came out, she was like, here's all the stuff that I should have seen but didn't. Yeah. And so, I mean, this happens with all of these guys that are in this world, that are in this, this you know, intelligence community in which they are excellent at what they do. All of them are excellent at what they do. But you take it out of those that, I don't want to call it If space. it has an emotional component, yeah. it muddles the water. It's like you're taking the muddler you make for drinks and you just smash everything and the result is you can't well, you I mean, can't see clearly it's kind of like if you're working with a professional relationship oh. that is strictly a professional relationship you handle it one way but if you're working in a professional relationship with a person that's also your best friend it that's a whole it different issue it. yeah it's it's just it's taking something you may be excellent at and then it adds something that's going to throw it for a loop. And it's, yeah, I I, I thoroughly agree with you. And I, I definitely think that it does that for everybody in the middle of this. <laughs> and so, but that, I, I love the fact that he asked her about him. And it, it was interesting that he was like, this is hard. I don't understand why. And you're just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was also, it was also, Red had also a very nice moment with, with uh, Marvin Gerard. You know, it showed that affection, and I think it was so beautiful when... Um, Especially after holding the gun on him just a couple of episodes ago. <laughs> but it was interesting that when when he was holding the gun on Marvin, even he... It's funny, because Marvin shows exactly why Red and him are very old friends. He doesn't panic. He doesn't start like, don't do this, or panic, or please don't kill me, I'm innocent. He waits. Is He he reasons with red why would i do this and then red himself goes into that memory when he was in that in that jail and the mosquitoes and he said caviar of all things not mosquito thing not a practical item something that for red meant you are being taken care of Mm -hmm. i you know somebody is is loving you and you're not gonna die there alone and eaten by mosquitoes so he waits, let him get to that, and then Red is like, okay. And I think that even with that, that call coming through, saying that it wasn't the wine, I think Red was starting to see that the reasoning was flawed. Mm-hmm. And I think that when he was, he, he first thought about Dembe was the, the guilty one, by the time even he was getting to the daughter, there was also the benefit of the doubt, but for for red that was enough 
but with with um he's worried about about him and then he says you know there there is is there is an affection but it mostly is a is a commercial relationship and that is funny how Marvin Gerard is so in tune with him that he says the same thing to Kate is basically I was well compensated you know yeah. I you know basically he's calling it a cesspool but I was well compensated and I went into the cesspool myself when I kidnapped my son yeah. and then allow you know something happened and they got me for for tax evasion well most of these people you know the the red employees are the yes they're criminals but they're not just horribly evil people if that makes sense <laughs> i mean we're looking at this in the in the viewpoint of the world that we're you know we're working with mm. here but i mean if marvin was trying to save his son you know uh just very various situations in there of people that are close to him that can are capable of truly terrible things he picks up this 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 hurt puppies yeah he does he's kind of like marvin's sister <laughs> yeah he picks up the, the the puppies and he has an affection for for the hurt puppies and they become his world yeah and he compensates them you know splendidly because he knows that their criminals is in our nature to betray yet none of them betrays him that's what they're all end up dead and the ones that we're about to betray them he killed them himself now um i think that is that you want all that with 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 red because that's gonna set just right into wrestler and gale yeah yeah let's go straight into wrestler and gale i think those two can be spoken of in unison okay i have to say i love all the potential things that gale brings to the table i love gale <laughs> hang on I, I, let, let me fangirl for a moment i love gale <laughs> We Tess and I have very different opinions on Gale. I yeah. I love him for his just nuttiness. I mean, the way the actor brings I don't remember the actor. Oh my god, name, he's great. But it's just the way he talks, I mean he's he's just nuts. And you can tell him and Re on, him and Reza are like a comedy routine. They are. They are. And but he's just he's balanced on that very thin line between brilliance and insanity. And I love those characters. Oh, I think those he's are, going way over the insanity part. <laughs> Balanced and and but you you could see that that there is a chance that he can tip so easily the moment that he gets so focused in on the stage the staging moment of, of Fowler's death and when Russell goes whoa whoa because he's got his gun out and pointed and suddenly Wrestler realizes it's pointed at him because he's standing right where Fowler had been <laughs> and I'm just like Russ <laughs> but. I, I have I, a feeling he he has he's on that tipping point and but he can be brilliant. Wrestler respects him. Yeah. I have a very opposing view of 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 Gail. Don't I mean I love the character. Love it. He's so crazy and so out there. It's almost like he's almost one of those red guys. He could be just become so easily be one of Red's guy. He had all the things going on. He has a little crazy stuff. He has a little thing. He cries with the body. He asks for forgiveness. He tells them, yes, they're criminals, but somebody loved them to the policeman. He is just. I love that there. cop. He's like, are you messing with me? No. <laughs> 
beautiful Dawn. I mean, the actor is terrific. I love the character. However, uh, you think I, my feel with him is he is going to get wrestler in a really bad spot. And and let me let me preface this all by saying my feelings on Gail can and probably will turn very quickly yeah. if he screws wrestler. Like I I see this as a I I'm a big wrestler fan. Anybody that's been following my blog or this this podcast for any length of time knows wrestler has a very dear place in my heart. And I, I've been looking forward to this arc for ages. I didn't know what they were going to do with it, but I knew something good was coming for Wrestler with a lot of story and a lot of meat to it. And I've really been looking forward to that. And Gail is the way they're doing this. And I, um, Spoonie with TN, who is an awesome blog, if you're a Wrestler fan, follow her on Tumblr. Um, she made the, a very good point, uh, I think it was yesterday, that, that, um, the, there's such a difference in the people coming out of wrestlers past his old you know everybody in his old task force including gail you know that call him don donnie uh one of them call the the nickname rest that so many of us call um call wrestler on online comes from his task force and the nicknames that they use everybody on his task force now calls him wrestler agent wrestler wrestler it's not and except for red red calls him donald but it's not like he really received permission to do that. <laughs> um, Harold Cooper sometimes called him Donald. Yeah, um, but for the most part, his team called. And just, he's it was, wrestler. It was a very there, there's a very big difference in there, and I like yeah, that there's, point it's that she Aram, made. Yeah, is Aram, is Samar, is Liz, is Cooper and wrestler. Yep. And so there's there's a distance there that apparently there was not between Gale. You know, Julian Gale calls him Donnie. It's it's his nickname. He jokes with him. He plays with him. And it's they, these men haven't seen each other or heard from each other in years, it sounds like, and yet they pick up like they never had anything to leave off. Mm. And I love that, and I love the fact that I, that's going... That, that has the potential to bring a lot more... A whole more. unseen sign of wrestler. Exactly, yeah. and I'm thrilled over that. Well, I think that a lot of what happened to Wrestler uh, happened when he lost Audrey. I mean, if you, I don't know if you remember the the few episodes which basically last a few months that Wrestler is with Audrey again, and how he was a very different character. He was, and they and Diego played it very well. He, you know, he was happy. He smiled. Um, that, it was a very Different. That's been a comment uh, that I've seen floating around. It was good to see the smiles out of Russell because he is. He's, you know, he just he's much quicker to smile with Gail. You know, it's yeah. happier times. Yeah, I think it is. It was um, um, and I think because probably I mean, if you notice, they said they disbanded the the task force, um, and it, I thought you left the the bureau. So we don't know exactly if. If Gail was with the guys that was in, that were in Macotonita, I think it was. Um, I think it was uh, Jonica and a lot. Uh, yeah. Well, he couldn't have been because I mean, like, I, I think he was with that task force, but I think he would have left. I don't think he was involved in the Macotonita case because Tanita didn't seem to be going after him, and he was going. Yeah. It's also and so he, he wasn't involved in that particular case, if nothing yeah. else. But yes, so I do don't believe know if he was he... involved with all with that group. 
so there is it gives me a, a little pause in saying wait a minute it would have been very easy to tie that to Macotonida so it's not a writing thing because it could have been hey and you escaped Macotonida and he could have said anything like hey I was undercover at the time so he probably couldn't find me um it, he they make a very strong point of of making of telling us that uh Red oh, said I thought you left the bureau he says no I didn't um or well, he, he makes said he it stepped, very vague. He said he stepped away for a little bit. Yeah. So that gives me a very interesting perspective on him. And this is looking from theory, not just not character development. He steps away from it. He is not targeted by Makotonida, which tells me that either he was not involved with Makotonida or Makotonida couldn't just find him. Maybe he was the last on the list or, you know, or maybe he was undercover. But then he does something very interesting. He, when he starts telling Wrestler who the dead bodies are, they start seeing that each one of those were people they tried to turn. They and they and they they disappeared. Fine, that makes perfect sense. They're probably going after wrestlers associate and trying to turn them in. And when rest and when Red found out, he killed them. Um, as he killed Nico, as he kills all the people that mm -hmm. he has sensed that they're going about to turn him, he apologized to a, a, a body in particular, and then he shows wrestler Diane Fowler because she says each one of these people is one one of those cases somebody we tried to turn and then there is Diane Fowler so the fact that he's putting Diane Fowler in that to me indicates Diane Fowler's involvement with the cabal may have been in Gail may be tied to the cabal I didn't get that but I guess it's possible I mean, it's, it's, we just don't have a lot of information on him yet. No. All I'm seeing is a hole. A hole in a story because Diane Fowler was supposed, also she's supposed to be, have some information about Red's family. Obviously one information that Red has because there was no need to kill her. He could have taken her, patch her up, torture her, get the names, kill her. It's nice and easy. It was no big deal about it. Yet he doesn't. So, and Red never leaves without information that he wants. The only time he's forced to do that is when, uh, with fake Berlin, because it was Liz and Tom, and that messed yeah. him up. Only time he has not left with the answer he wanted. He's adept at finding exactly what people are afraid of and threatening with it. With Mato, it was not dead. I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to torture you. I'm going to put you in a concrete box after you're dead. And that was enough to get him to confess. So it doesn't matter what it is. He will find it. He will get his information. Yet Diane Fowler seemed to have conflicting themes going on with Fitch. She w didn't seem to be in an, a total agreement with Fitch. Not even when they're in public. Not when they're in, not when she says, you know, they're not going to let you do this. So it almost makes me feel there is a part of the cabal we haven't seen. It was referenced in Bond by um, Solomon. Then um, it was always like that uh, call tells Liz there was that those names you saw that's only the beginning. Uh, 
And I thought about that little thing going on with Fitch and the directors. So there got to be factions in there. And these factions we're now starting to see. I think that the Jan Fowler and Gail are going to be somewhat connected to this. And the fact that Diane Fowler was first telling him, no, 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 we're going to take him in, we're going to take him in, when obviously the cabal was saying, don't do this, don't do this. Um, it, it was a risk if they had taken him prisoner because then that would have been exposed. So it tells me they're factions, and I think Gail and Diane Fowler were tied to other factions that we haven't seen. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I... I don't know. I am not willing to say that that's, you know... Oh, I'm going into super crazy theories. I got yeah. nothing to back it except a little yeah. weird feeling. I, and I did so not I'm get that vibe sure. off of him, but I'm not going to say that that's, you know, an incorrect vibe to have. Um, and I, I am afraid that he's going to lead Wrestler into a bad place. Uh, I mean, he's already he going... Character development. You gotta have bumps in the yeah. road. <laughs> and if I may say, um, in episode, in season three, we had character, um, we got promo shoots, and everybody was in two environments. One that looked like a cement wall, and another that was a, like a, just a gray backdrop. And everybody was in both places, except Wrestler, who was only in the gray backdrop, and Red and Tom, who were only in that cement wall. And last week, we saw a nice um, promo picture that Wrestler was taking promo pictures, or Diego Cantenhoff was taking promo pictures, and they were in that cement wall. So, I mean, and then we saw some things of him being handcuffed. So I think that he's going to be taking into a red swirl. He's going to make decisions regarding Hitchens. He's going to have to make... He's either have to go and make that choice of where the fork in the road, go left or right. Mm-hmm. And he's it's, it's going to be a point where he really grows, I think, as a character. And I love that because I, I am very curious to see where he goes. I'm very excited to see where it takes him. And what his decisions are and how he's willing to go. And, and one of the things that I think really keyed that off was his decision with Esteban at the beginning of season four. He was willing to go against orders to do what was mm-hmm. right. And to him, what was right. And, and Tom made the comment in season three. He goes, you did what you thought was right, even if it was dead wrong. And so we'll see if wrestlers' instincts are good or if they're bad. And he has, he has also gone a a couple of times. I mean, this was very intriguing because he's acting to act. He's starting to take the information and power. Seriously. He's not telling Gail what he knows. He's keeping it. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud of him for that because he keeps announcing to to Laurel Hitchin that she's going to get brought down. I'm like, Russ, stop. Stop. Yeah, Keep and that's the, the other thing that ties Gail into this. The moment, you know, I do wonder what the play is between Diane Fowler, a faction of the Cabal, Fitch, uh, Peter Kotsopoulos, uh Laurel Hitchens, because now Laurel is with is basically Red's uh, Fetch a girl. So I wonder if somebody is trying to make a play by with Wrestler to get rid of her. And Gail is a way to go there. Might be. Take Red out for for the Cabal. I could see that. 
Um, but they hit you to and it, out. it also could be because, I mean, we saw that the Cabal used the task force at one point. I mean, Ressler obviously didn't know that he was basically doing the Cabal's bidding because he didn't have any idea Laurel Hitchin was part of the Cabal. So when he was answering to her, he had no idea he was doing the Cabal's bidding. He thought he was doing his job. And so you might have the same thing with Gale. His superior may be deep in the Cabal and just using that position and using Gale as as a pawn on the thing, on the, on the chessboard. Mm-hmm. And that's a possibility as well because... You know, um, I had somewhere I was going. My brain just frets. Sorry. How the how the um, how they're 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 using the task force to get rid oh. of Red? Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking that that bond faction of the Cabal that also leads me to believe. I always found the actions of Solomon when he was employed by Scotty. A bit weird. I also found the budget of the execution, the fact that um, that he was known to Scotty. Then Scotty hires him. Yet uh, he gives the order to kill everybody else, which obviously was not in in Scotty. Scotty wouldn't have done that because why would you kill a bunch of federal agents in a church? Yeah. Uh, so it just always felt that there was a little something else to Solomon. And one of the things that we saw in Redemption is that Solomon is is actually uh, loyal. So was he really being loyal to Scotty or was he being loyal to his first employers, which obviously is a faction of the Kabbalah was not with the director. That is the bond part of it. In fact, his documents were from Germany, yeah. his fake documents. Yeah, I mean, and it's it, that's a possibility, I suppose. Um, and the Cabal, well, at least Laurel Hitchin side of the Cabal hates Halcyon. So it would not be a bad thing to have, well, I, of course, Laurel Hitchin was also the one that put the hit out on him. <laughs> I don't think he has any loyalty to Laurel. <laughs> no, not to Laurel, but to the other faction. Yeah, no, I, would, I see would where you're coming from. Order, order uh, Laurel to get rid of him, then to give the tip to Scotty about saving him, and then that way getting, because remember Scotty makes in Redemption a little thing here saying, uh, only you could have got me to hire my own Judas. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hmm, I know that she's saying it related to Tom, but I do wonder if that also means about Solomon. Be interesting. We'll see. It's nothing is as it seems, and I think that you have to, you know, some of the theories are wild theories, and they will never come to be, but they're, I mean, it certainly pays to look beyond the obvious. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that about wraps it up, doesn't it? Yeah, we've got crazy theories going and all that, and this was one in which we we found ourselves with different views of Kate, different views of of Gale. I think both in, in, in the excited about the direction he's taking wrestler because I think for for the character it's going to be terrific. He's going to see a lot of growth and stories, and I hope that we get more backstories, which is they're positioning perfectly. I love that they would bring Audrey back. As, oh. a, as a back flash. Yeah, a flashback, yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. I, I loved Audrey. Like, I'm so sad they killed her. I, oh, 
gosh. I, I wrote a, an AU at one point in which Audrey survived, and I'm just like, can you please give wrestler those happy happy moments <laughs> like, mm. this poor man has suffered so much yeah you <laughs> killed her in yours i don't know what you're talking about i killed her in the most recent one yeah i actually <laughs> just did that <laughs> i was like oh oh i have to deal with audrey oh she's gonna die poor girl <laughs> no but in in an au i wrote uh last year's big au that that i wrote um everything back to you she survived and they actually had a very happy ending and I was I was very happy with that. It made me it made me smile. <laughs> and so um, I, I like and yet happy you kill endings. her on this other one. You're heartless. Yeah, well, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes you just can't argue with where the story's going. You fight it, no. but you can only fight it so far. Um, <laughs> it was the same as killing Fitch. It was a great. It was. I mean, it just Fitch had just to died go in there. every AU I've ever written. <laughs> cannot yeah. keep that man alive i keep trying and he keeps dying and it's just perfect and especially because you know that the part of his story is not done so now you know both berlin and him will have more story that we never learn and read by killing them well by killing uh, berlin and fitch by being killed by berlin some of that story is going to be more difficult to find out well if your theory about the cabal coming back around which like i've said before i think they've been very quiet flashbacks um but i if if there are multiple you know factors of the uh factions of the cabal and it comes back around i think we could find out more about fitch because i think the writers liked fitch i think that they love uh the actor and i think that they love the character so i could see them working in more information about him just to get him back I would love to go back and see, um, you know, the, the whole story about when they tap Connolly in order to get to Cooper, when they, you know, all that backstory as it was happening, as Red surrendered and whatever happened. Well, as we're working towards the end of the show, I mean, I, I think it's all but announced with season five. I mean, they've basically... Yeah, they've hired people, five. new people. Yeah, so I mean, like, they, they've basically, they've done everything but say, yeah, we've got a season five. So, I mean, with, with a season or two left, probably, you know, being realistic, I mean, they're starting to give us answers. And so I think we're about to go back to all these things that we, you know, people were calling plot holes and this and that. And I've been one of those people. But I think we're about to come back and get a lot of that filled in as we're getting those answers. I'm super excited over that. And I'm going to make a prediction that redemption is going to be renewed because it is important. I mean, if you really look where this is going, mm-hmm. Tom going through the same thing has to continue. Either they will bring it back or it will be folded into the main Yeah, Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're just going to leave us hanging on that. I, I do believe if Redemption is not renewed, it's going to be folded into the main show. And that's, that's what I keep saying about the, the people that hate Tom so much. I said, guys, you're not getting rid of him. If you get, if you quote unquote get Redemption canceled, you know, with, with the boycott, what have you, you know, then he's just coming back to the main his show boss. and his story's going to come back in it. Oh no! Pretty much. Oh no! I'm not going into that. That's yeah. yeah. Pish bosh. It's not happening. But it's. I. I have a feeling of where the last bits of redemption are going. They're going towards the. Um, the it's going to wh- be the the, the big, big whales bat- on his yeah on his yeah, list. The big battle. It's going to be 
getting all those forces that by, had to spread out, but I think you're going to see Alcyon coming, you know, you're going to see the Hargraves, you're going to see Red, you're going to see Katarina come back, you're going to see Jennifer. It's like all these people have been separated and fighting their own mini battles, and you see how they're all going to come together for that last battle. Katarina. <laughs> if we haven't met her. Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> You gotta indulge the crazy stuff. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I think that okay. about wraps us up for the week. And so we are really looking forward to to the to the last few episodes of this season. Uh, if you'd like to catch us on, we are on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And you can always leave a comment on Facebook, Twitter, and or Tumblr because we'd love to hear from you guys. And we will be soon planning if we're going to do any specials during the hiatus, the big summer hiatus. And we will let you know about those plans as soon as we have them set up. Yes. Until next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.